0: Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Villa travel to Brighton on Sunday at two o'clock. This show is in association with BetMate and we'll come on to them later on, as we always do. I'm Dan Bardell, joined by Neil Dunworth to to talk through, to look forward to the game. And we will have a little bit of a talk through the Manchester United game last night, as that feels pretty prevalent, Neil, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah, yeah. I think... um... I think uh, Una Emery kind of showed his cards with a lot of his selections last night as to to where he kind of uh, felt Brighton were coming from um, at this weekend and he showed them the respect. And look, I know it would have been great to win a cup, but... And um, we didn't. And we were in with a shout. We were in with a shot and individual errors cost us. And look, that's football, I suppose. But we do look forward to Sunday. And I think three points are going to be worth more to us in the short term than, a, than uh, beating Manchester United and then potentially having a heart wrenching loss to Burnley in the next round, which Aston Villa are always capable of. <laughs>
0: I do kind of agree with you, but I've got to admit, I found last night pretty frustrating. Not not against Denver, oh, yeah, because, you, know, you know, he's he's made changes. He's done what he thinks he needs to do with, with squad management. I guess the, the big one, and I, I'm not trying to victimise people and pick on them, but the big one will be the goalkeeper. You know, knowing Emi Martinez, he, w- he would want to play, even though there's a World Cup coming up. I know Emi Martinez would probably have wanted to have played in that game because he he wants to play every game. He played in the last round against Bolton, which we probably didn't need him in in that game. I know that was a different manager, but he played in that round. And then we get drawn away to Manchester United and he he doesn't play. And I I don't want to sound like Roy Keane here. I'm sure he said this at some point, but does your goalkeeper really need a rest? Yeah, I think think you have
1: to agree with that because really kind of the killer blow was that pass from Robin Olsen, um, which was... 8 yards wide and 15 yards past the man that he was going to he was trying to pass it to and look that really put us in the back foot we were weathering storms he just made a brilliant save Leon Bailey had made the dribble the dribbling run the slaloming run of the season so far so yeah, he passed the ball to Ollie Watkins and, and you know we were we looked dangerous on the counterattack, but once they scored that goal, it was good night Irene at that stage, and and it, I think it was really kind of a deflation because of the way it came came about. But and I know, look, hindsight is twenty twenty, and maybe Martin, Martinez does that as well. Who knows? But it was Robin Olsen that did it, and Martinez is is exponentially better than Robin Olsen, I don't, and that's not. That's not being derogatory to Olsen. It's just a fact. Martinez is in the top five, five goalkeepers I would say in the Premier League, uh, um, over the last three years. And 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 look, when he's not there and uh, we're playing a new style of passing the ball out from defense, um, these things happen unfortunately. But uh yeah, I think that was the killer blow, and I'd, I'd be very surprised if other people didn't agree with me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, to, in Olsen's defense—he like you say—he made he made that a good save just before he was involved in the build-up for our for our, one of our goals. You know, with with a, with a nice pass, so he, he's capable of, yeah, of, I... of 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 making a nice pass because because he did it for, for that goal, and you know, I'd I'd have been praising him in my head when he did that. I think he came out just before as well and just completely just fumbled one, like a, a relatively straightforward catch and he, and he fumbled them. And I, th- I know it's difficult when you're a goalkeeper who doesn't play very much. You know, you're you coming in and playing the odd game. It, it is tough. It, it's not it's not like just being a number one that plays every week. I think it does make your job exponentially harder as a goalkeeper. But what he did was was pretty basic. And in the end, I think that is, is what cost us. And it just felt like the, the defence was a bit more antsy than I think it would have been had Martinez been been behind him, and it's just my opinion. I
1: don't I think your goalkeeper needs a rest. I, I, I agree, and, and if we think back to the last game of the season last year against Man City and Robin Olsen had to step in, for the first 15 minutes he looked like he was really, really nervous and jittery. Now, played some really good stuff, made some really good saves, and, and yes, we went down to lose that game, and I can't even I can't remember any of the goals if they were his issue, but one of the big statistics was eleven goals conceded in three games played or something yeah, that's like not that. Good. That's it's it's not good. And it, it it's not good. But I think the 10-15 minute jitters that we saw on that uh from that game Man City, they were elongated last night and they went on for more than 10-15 minutes, they went on for 18-90 minutes. And and I think one of the biggest things is like, well, obviously I'm not gonna write a book on this or no one's gonna buy it anyway because it's so blatantly obvious that Confidence is probably the number one skill a goalkeeper can have because if a goalkeeper is confident he's going to stop the shots, he's, going to, he's not going to 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 have that moment of insecurity or that moment of hesitation. And I just felt that Olsen was consistently hesitant throughout the game last night. And look, we're not panning him or anything like that. There's a lot of people saying, you know, it, it, it's a bad night at the office. The great thing about it is he's a sub-goalkeeper and and we may not see him an awful lot. But the bad thing about it... uh, Sorry, the good thing about it is he's a sub-goalkeeper. We may not see him about it. But the bad thing about it is when we need him, we really need him to be ready and right on that day. And look, last night was just one of the days that... uh, as I say, that pass does a couple of fumbles and stuff like that. You know, they don't instill confidence, but um, he's an international standard goalkeeper. I don't know whether he is the guy that Emery is going to want going forward. As I say, he's only just in the door, but he is expendable. I think every sub-goalkeeper within the league is probably expendable at this moment in time. And as I say, we've got we've got other areas of the field we need to concentrate on. Uh, I think more than our sub-goalkeeper, based on the fact that we hope we never have to use him.
0: I mean Emery will have will have learned stuff last night about about a few players obviously he Matt he made a fair few changes to his side and, and a lot of players yeah. got a run out last yeah. night so he probably used it as a, as a learning experience and he'll he'll have picked things up I mean look from what I know Olsen was a was a Langer signing I think that's pretty obvious on, on the face of it isn't it that that, that uh, Olsen is a, is a Langer signing there Gerard when he came in again I, I believe that Gerard Identified that Jed Steer wasn't strong enough. Sorry, there's a cat in here, and we could probably done with her in goal last night. We may have done a little <laughs> bit better, but um, so Gerard, I believe that Gerard's identified that we needed a new a new number two goalkeeper. Olsen was the man that Langer picked, Olsen Olsen to come in, and you know I thought he he struggled last night. I thought one of the main problems was him being kind of glued to his line, and I think even yes. the fourth goal, I think that that was showed he just. Your goalkeeper's got to be operating a bit further up in the modern day. And we saw on, on um, Sunday the way Martinez was, was playing with his feet and just the confidence that he, he gives the side. Martinez is more of a modern-day goalkeeper than Olsen is. There was, there was the one where he was like chasing the ball and he ended up having to slide to, to, to keep it in he, he just didn't look comfortable at all And yet mm-hmm. I'm like yeah it wouldn't surprise me now even a, a new number two goalkeeper is added to the list of, of of what Emery would like or if Jed's there when he can get fit again puts himself back in contention because Jed's there for me he's a good backup goalkeeper because he's probably about seven out of ten at everything he doesn't suffer with with confidence issues he just
1: steering, not
0: yeah, like 10 out of 10 there, in yeah. <laughs> he just he just does everything relatively well. Jed Steer, he's he's got an inner belief in, in, in himself, I, th- I think. And he just, just does the basics well as a goalkeeper, which I think is what you need as a number two. But mm. we shouldn't spend the show picking on Villa no, number two. No, goalkeeper. it's a breaking so, preview, so we, we yeah. shouldn't have I'm disappointed to go out, though, because I really felt that was a winnable game yeah. last night. When we've gone 2-1 up, if you'd told me we are going to lose that game 4-2, I wouldn't have particularly believed you because I thought we'd started to play some good stuff in the second half. Worked worked a couple of, of, of nice goals. The passing for the second goal, I mean, obviously it's ended up being an own goal, was brilliant. It was nice to see Watkins score a clips finish. That's something that's been levelled at him before, that he's not cool enough in front of the goal. And that was a cool finish on his wrong foot last night. So the, there was a plenty of positives, and I'm still really positive oh, yeah. about Villa under Emery moving forward. But you, you're kind of right now, the big one is now Brighton. Because if we can go to Brighton and, and get a win, we, we leave ourselves going into the World Cup break in, in a pretty good place now.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd even be happy with the draw against Brighton. I just think it's it's just like, like Brighton are flying high in the league. They've got a manager uh, who's come in who, like, like he, he was ridiculed for different reasons than that, that Emery, but he was really cool for the reason that a lot of people just felt they didn't know who he was. And they were like, oh, what are Brighton doing? Brighton are the best run club in, in, Brighton are probably up there in the top three best run clubs in European football. They're absolutely fantastic. Look at their look at their their scouting system. Look at how they're able to roll in manager after manager. You know, Potter went out. They didn't panic. They went, they looked, they got somebody. I'm sure the media were roaring for were not roaring for Sean Dyche to go into to Brighton because they um they they they, they completely couldn't say that because of the style of football they played. They went, but they went and they got the Zerby. He's come in, he's had some good games, he's had some bad games, but he's coming into a brand new league and he hasn't looked out of place, I think. So um, Brighton are, are an interesting prospect. I still think we can always go to Brighton and win. Um, my irrational fear, my one player of irrational fear for the Brighton team, for some strange reason, is Solly Marsh. He always seems to pop up with a goal against Aston Villa. But uh, I think if we were to come away uh, from the Brighton game without losing at the weekend, I think it would be a positive um, because, as I say, we're, we're only, what, today is day number eight of the Unai Emery experience. And when I, when we go to Sunday, it'll be the number 10 of the UNI experience. And we won't know what the actual experience is until we get out the other side of the World Cup. So any points we can pick up at the weekend. And that was exactly the same opinion of United last week. Uh, any points we could pick up will be, will be a positive. Um, and and I think very much the same for this weekend coming because Brighton are, are a together team. They're, they're a... Um, they're a very cohesive cohesive unit, and they've got some really sparkling players like Moise Casedo, that fullback that you saw Purvis used to sign in in Football yeah. Manager. Um, and are per- discovered him, exactly. Well, Unai Emery discovered discovered him with VRL. Yeah. Uh, so you you might be as good as Unai Emery. I don't know. That's that's for a different
0: podcast. I wouldn't like to sir.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they've got some good players, and they're they're scoring in South American markets at the moment, and they're picking up players and the cheap. So um, very well run club. Um, but I still hope that they're... Well, obviously, I hope that we go over checkpoints after the weekend.
0: You're right about them being well-run. They are They are right up there. They, they operate very, very savvily in, in the modern day. A, a modern-day forward-thinking club for, a, for a, club, mm. a, a club of that size. They've certainly been run a lot better than, than Villa over the years, Brighton, and everything they've done should, should, should be praised. They've also found a shooting boots in recent weeks. That, that, that was one of the things that they, they were struggling with when De first came in. Suddenly, as they're about to play Villa, they found their shooting boots again. They've, they've won a few games under him now. They, they they went through a bit of a sticky patch where they couldn't win a game under him. They've now won their last couple. Obviously, won at Wolves last weekend. But the encouraging thing for me that I saw from the game last weekend is that you know, Wolves are hardly prolific. If Wolves can score two against them, that mm. means they, they definitely can be got at. And Emery will have been watching hours and hours of footage. He'll identify a, a plan. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't see Villa playing out from the back like they did against Manchester United. It might be something completely different against Brighton. because that. Some, I've lost it now, but someone was talking in the comments about, about Man Manu didn't press us, Brighton will press us. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all if Emery has a completely different plan for this game and we, we don't see that playing out from the back. Maybe we do go a little bit direct and try and util- utilise the pacey players that, that we have in, in Watkins and, and Bailey. You know, Bailey looked lively when he came Very on much. last night, had a little bit of a rest as well. Good to see him come on come on the pitch and make an impact because he definitely made an impact when, when he came up. There's the comment from for Matt C. So, yeah, I think Emery Neal will have a completely different plan for Brighton because they're quite a unique team to go and play, really. With the Again, a bit like we did last week, that the way they rotate, the players constantly changing formation. Brighton are an, an interesting proposition.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's really about getting, getting the grips with their midfield would be the, will be, you know, that would be be task number one for this Villa team. I think Villa really missed Leandro Anker yesterday. Um, mm. And uh, it's mad because you look back at the first Manchester United game and he had like, he had minimal amount of touches. I think he was like the, la- the had the least amount of touches of any player who played uh, over 70 minutes in the game. And but the amount of space that he clogs up, you know, you look at the goal that um, you look at the at the goal that McTominay scored and the run that he made from midfield. You know, it was a straight run. He didn't have to didn't have to jink past any players. He didn't have to arc his run. He didn't have to to have to take any angles. He just ran straight and he got in there and he got a clip on it. Look, fantastic finish for him. I actually thought it was handball it, because I didn't think there was any way he could get his foot to it. But Leo Dendonker. Blocks up that space, and yeah, he's not going to turn around, he's not going to play uh, a 60 yard reborn over the top onto an on running Ollie Watkins. We don't need that. We need what we need at the moment is those hard working players, and I wouldn't be surprised. And, and Matsi is a comment up there again. Matsi's on fire, by the way. In the comments,
0: he should be on the show
1: <laughs> midfield of Luis, Donker, Kamara and Ramsey. I think probably and, and very, very easily could be the midfield at the weekend um you know, playing more of a um a four three one two or four three three or whatever, you know, but like that midfield would allow us to hunker down in the middle and yet we still have the opportunity to be able to break with Louise and be able to break with Jacob Ramsey. And and look, if that was the midfield, I wouldn't feel too too um upset about it. But that's the great thing about Una Emery, as you say, is that he is going to set up differently for teams and uh it's uh, there will we will have lots of conversation around the team sheets when they come out, and we will have lots of conversation within the first minute, first ten minutes of games, because we'll be seeing things that we haven't seen before. Uh, we haven't seen for, before of this Villa team for for years and years and years. So, um, just from a tactical point of view, it might be good, it might be bad, but um, it'll be interesting. And uh, I think I'll take interesting when and picking up points over blend and not picking up points any day of the week.
0: I think that would, that would mean Buendia not playing, which I'm presuming as he was on the bench last night that he's probably going to play. <laughs> Maybe be a big ass for Kamara and to, to play again. I was pleased to see him back last night. He, he's not fully there at the moment, but you can see what a classy operator he is in the midfield. I think him and Luiz is going to be a hell of a partnership moving forward. But you're right about Dendonka as well. Dendonka's got got to play at the moment. He just, he just fills the space. He, he he does a lot of stuff that people probably won't see. He just picks up, takes up good positions and cuts off things before they can even get there without actually t- touching the ball, if, if that makes sense. I think he's mm-hmm. really pivotal. I noticed last night when we were defending so Manchester United we were attacking down the left-hand side at one point. So Ramsey was playing right midfield when we were off the ball last night. He then... Tuck in and basically become a right back. Cash would tuck inside, and you'd end up with like a a back five when when you're defending. Then everyone else kind of shifties across. Is shifty's a word? Everyone mm. shifts across when um when, when they're attacking down that side. And it, it's before before we let in load of goals, that 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 was working quite well. The goals the goals were just basic last night, but those goals they won't happen on on Sunday. I don't, I don't see us playing playing in a way that it, allows that to happen.
1: It's. It, it, uh... Do you know what goal killed me last night? And I don't want to go back to it again, but it really killed me because, uh, yes, the the Alton goal was what it was. It was a complete nutter. You could look at it and go, "Oh my God, what's he done there?" But the Rashford goal, yes, it comes 19 seconds after the first goal. Oh no, sorry, it wasn't. That was the that was the first goal. But the Rashford goal. It was a simple ball over over the top that, 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 that didn't quite make it. And then Chambers was caught a million miles out of position. This isn't me having a go at Chambers. It's just what happened. Caught a million miles out of position. He does a deadly run to get back to try and get a block in and, on Rashford again. But at that stage, it's too late. And he just hammers it into the into the back of the net. And that's where I think Leander Dendonker comes in. He's six foot, what? Six foot two? Six foot three? And he clogs that. up that space. in the middle. Could be, but he clogs up that space in the middle of midfield and he holds his position and he just doesn't really move out of that position. And that's that's a skill in itself in the modern day Premier League. And I'm not saying he would have completely stopped that, but what it would have allowed Chambers to do is maybe defend behind as opposed to defending in front, specifically for those long balls that come down and those long balls over the top that don't make it because that ball didn't make it. And I think it came to I can't remember who had dropped to, or, or who got the flick on or whatever, but Chambers was. Like his back turned to it at that stage, he wasn't really sure what was going on outside him. And look, that will happen to people who are coming in, Rusty. It's not me having a dig on. Yeah, the I think, I think that was
0: the big problem, That's not? Rustiness. It was a rust I And
1: that the back four has never played together before. They've certainly yeah. never played with that goalkeeper either. Right? And that cohesive unit of that five—that's really wasn't important. That. Brighton have that in spades, and Villa would hope to get to that over the over the the World Cup period, as the U Emory experience trottles on into December, so um, I think there's a lot of context in it, but for that like like the some of the errors we saw last night were very much just because of people who were playing first of all, Chambers was playing on the left hand side as opposed to... or it was chambers no chambers was in the right through throughout the game, I think. Um, but what I'm saying is there's two right-footed uh, centre-halves there. And when I'm not a massive exponent to that, um, it does happen sometimes, especially when people aren't, aren't used to playing with each other, that it can cause consternation. We just saw it there. It was just an easy one. But I think Brighton will be more on the ground. They'll play the ball a bit more on the ground. You know, you shackle Trossard, you shackle the likes of Pascal Gross, um, and and uh, you you make sure that you can kind of drag the likes of Moise Casero uh, out of the way. And uh, that will make things easier in midfield. So that's why I think midfield is going to be really, uh, really important for Aston Villa. And it'll probably be really important for Aston Villa in every single game we play this season. But against Brighton, I can see a path to victory if we do shackle that midfield. But we haven't done so since we've gotten, gotten back into the Premier League in probably any game that we've played. So it's going to be a big ask for Unai to be able to do that on a three-day turnaround. But miracles never cease to exist.
0: I mean, all those goals were bad last night. But I'm, I think if you've got your normal back five in there with Martinez in goal, Cash, Dean at fullbacks, Conter and Mings, and then probably Dentonker as well, I don't think a lot of those goals happen. They're just a terrible collection of goals. You'd be hard pressed to see a worse collection of goals for for a team to score in. Really. Even the first yeah. one, you know, the ball that just a simple ball over the top about oh. twenty seconds after after you after you've scored Augustinson in absolutely no man's land. But again, he hasn't really been playing. So the people aren't up there. We pushed high up with a fullback that didn't seem particularly blessed with pace. I mean, you know, all the goals were, were bad. You won't see that kind of thing on Sunday. So I'm still, I'm still buzzing from Saturday, from Sunday, and I think you know there's 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 a good chance we'll go to Brighton and get and get something. I'm I'm, I'm relatively confident now that we can go there and, and and pick something up because I think we showed on Sunday that when we've got our best eleven out there, we're a good outfit. So I, I fancy us. I, I mean, I'm going, which is always a ri- always a risk to an away game that that, that I'm going. I'm not with Dolan. Dolan's
1: though, so that, not though. Dolan's no, staying so at home. That all. gives us
0: a, li- a little bit more chance. My record without oh, my Dolan man. is a, is a bit better than my record with Dolan away from home, so there's, there's a better <laughs> chance. But yeah. I'm confident. I'm looking forward to working in Brian. And I know I fancy us. Let's have a quick word from our sponsors, Betmate. I say a quick word from them. It's absolutely not a quick word from them. It's just me rambling through the team that I've picked on their app ahead of the week. And I've probably taken the producer a little bit by surprise. And so we'll give him some time. We'll, we'll, we won't get on his back. We'll, we'll, let him, we'll let him get it up on the screen.
1: Where's I know Bart- who I'm Bardell off? and what have you who done with I? him? <laughs>
0: <At> the time <laughs> I've decided not I'm not going to get back. on his back... At, I've decided I'm not going to get on his back as well, it's the longest it's ever taken to get it on screen as well. You try and be nice to people now, and look what happens. They let you down. <laughs> Come on, Adam. <laughs> Is it coming? What do you reckon now?
1: Oh, it's definitely coming. I've got 100% faith in, in Adam. Wait a minute. We've got a chat box. It looks like there's a chat in there... the chat box. Oh, Is it... that there... what? Give me two rambles, okay? Yeah. Oh there. Uh, um, uh,
0: and I've opened the chat box and it's made my um it's made my screen go funny. There we go. So bet mate, can you beat Dan? Yes, you probably can. This is me picking my team last night, so I made my way to the seven hundred and fifty pound Brighton v Aston Villa pot. Luckily, I've got some free credits, so I joined via that medium. But do gamble responsibly if you are going to join this game. It's just a little bit of fun. A bit like fantasy football, but you get a chance to win yourself a little bit of money. So I went Sanchez in goal, but I did go back and change that in the end. Luca Dean, because we know he's on set pieces now. I then moved down and I went for Webster, because I remembered him scoring a goal against Villa at Villa Park a few years ago. Had to be Ramsey in midfield after his goal last week. And then Alexis McAllister, because I think he's on dead balls. (coughs) I quite like him as a player. Then up top, it was Bailey and Trossard. I then went to pick my bench and had a bit of a change of heart. I don't know what I did there. Clearly, I clicked on Sanchez. But I had a bit of a change of heart, I think, at this point. Put Martinez in goal instead of Sanchez. So, Sanchez ended up on the bench. I wasn't happy that I had more Broughton players than Villa. Then, is that Purvis, my man, on the bench? My football manager, Hero, makes his way onto the substitute bench. Then I went with Pascal Gross, who scored I think four or five goals already this season, and then Ollie Watkins as my last sub, and Leon Bailey as captain because I think he's looked electric over the last few appearances. And that's my betmate team. Neil, what do you think of that?
1: I like it. I like Thank it. Dan. You. it's very. Do you know what? I love the symmetry of it, where you've got all the Villa players on one side and you've got all the Brighton players on the other side. And looks nice, uh, doesn't it? You know, I, I like a man who takes who takes that attention to detail into
0: hand. Yeah. OCD yeah. fans will be absolutely buzzing. OCDFC, <laughs> OCDFC OCD <laughs> will absolutely love it. So yeah, there's all the information. Try and join the league. See if you can beat me. I mean, it won't be difficult, but yeah, have a go. Let's finish with predictions then, Neil. What's the score going to be on Sunday? I mean, look, at the, the Villa fans relatively confident looking at that, but I think they're they're always quite confident on these polls that we do.
1: I'm gonna go with a. I think this Aston Villa team is well. Well the last two games we scored goals and uh, I'm gonna go with a two
0: two draw. Two two draw. I've done two neutral shows yesterday, the athletic and um who scored and I predicted Billy to win two one on both. So I'm gonna stick with that. Oh, I, fan- I, fancy, I fancy myself to have a good away day for a for a change. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with it. Russell Dent has just come in and said Louise is suspended on Saturday. He's not. He would have been no. suspended for the next round of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, the his, Carabao the Yeah, he's too- he got
1: two, two yeah, bookings he's... in the Carabao Cup and only one in the
0: league so there's only three bookings yeah. overall yeah he's not he's not missing on Sunday thankfully because I think he's <clears> been his as one of Villa's most effective players at the moment. So that does us. Thanks ever so much for joining me, Neil. And thanks to everyone who's tuned in at this strange time slot to watch us as well. I was actually surprised how many people were watching at one point. I still feel half asleep myself. So thanks ever so much for coming on. Thanks to Adam for producing. We'll be back with a post-match pint probably on Monday at some point. I would think I doubt I'll be in a state to do one on Sunday from my hotel room. But yeah, have a great weekend and up the Villa.